0: ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining me once again on this journey that we deem the project folks this show has got a little bit of something for everyone and today is no exception to that we have our first ever market watch segment with lead market analyst on the project jonah newin my brother-in-law and a damn good man i'm out here in calgary alberta beautiful calgary alberta um, I came out here on a, a COVID relief mission, um, yeah, Teresa Tam, she sent me from the federal government uh, and she gave me one of those nice blazers she always wears in those commercials and um, tells me to wash my hands and I'm up here with her, we're working on a vaccine, so uh, I'm up here briefly, I don't have a, I don't I'm not my medical background isn't immense, but she thought I'd be a good man for the job, so... I got flown out here to work on uh, that and I obviously uh, get to see some family, which is a fucking joyous experience. So nice to be home. Uh, Calgary native hasn't been home in the summer since almost two years ago when my sister was married to the fine young chap here. We're going to have interviewed in just a couple minutes. Just finished that with him. We did the interview first. Um, It was informative. Um, It was good. And I uh, tried to start from a little bit of a bare bones approach to a little bit of investment talk and, Hopefully that's interesting for our viewers. I really enjoyed it. That's uh, something I need to learn a little bit more about. So we took that conversation, we brought it to you, the viewer. And uh, you're not gonna find analysis, in-depth conversation on topics like this on any other platform. So again, subscribe, like, maybe give it a share for the old lad. The old lad might, might do all right from a couple shares of the podcast. Maybe. Episode five is going live on Spotify. So there's not an excuse now that you can't, you know what? I don't care if you got a potato for a cell phone, you can, you can get on now and you can hear what I have to say and you should, um, Saturday here. Um, again, I put, I, I record on Saturdays cause I need to get the whole weeks of knowledge in here and, uh, to talk about some things. Um, <clears throat> very upsetting week for me. Uh, rate, right, I think it was the day I recorded episode four, the Leafs were playing naturally. They blew that and they're fucking done. The fucking Toronto Maple Leafs. God, man, they can't. They didn't even make the playoffs when you actually look at it. This is coming from a Leafs fan who grew up in Calgary and was absolutely berated, was bullied, was, was never given a chance just because of the love he had for a fucking hockey team. And I stick with that team through thick and fucking thin. I go to university, I go to Toronto, I go to Ontario, I stick with this team and I keep them with me. I keep them in my heart and I want them to win. I want them to succeed. I want them to do well. And what do they fucking do? They throw money at every fuckface who looks like he can put the puck in the back of the net. Look, I'm, look, I'm reading their cap right now. It's um, it's unreal. So we got, uh, let's start at the top. Let's start at the top of the Toronto Maple Leafs salary cap. First of all, we're going right off the hop. They're at the final cap hit. $95 million. Final cap space, zero. Let's go from the top here. Austin Matthews, 11.6 mil. John Tavares, 11 mil. Mitch Marner, 10.8 mil. Will Nylander, 6.9, but you know he's got something else coming in there and some clause. He's freaking near nine. Then immediately it goes down to three mil, three mil, two mil, 800,000. All after that, just 800,000, 900,000, 700,000. You go to the back end, Morgan Riley's making five mil. Cody Ceci's making 4.5 mil, which makes me want to throw up and smash my head off this fucking table. Jake Muzzin making, Jake Muzzin makes less than Cody Ceci. Yeah, riddle me that um Tyson Berry 2.75 million but then you got all these guys like people are like how's Justin Hall in the Leafs I mean he's on the Leafs because he makes 600 grand they can't afford to put anyone else they almost gave me a call I was packing my bags makes me sick Jack Campbell God love him he's in the back of the crease there $675,000 Frederick Anderson going with five mil the boys got all this money all this superpower and they don't even score a goal in a fucking elimination game and I'm not trying to be rude. I understand. I'm still a Leafs fan. I know there's lots going on, but there's no excuses. It's not highs and lows anymore. It's fucking bullshit. It makes me sick. They haven't won a playoff series since 2004, back when we were all watching the Flames lose to Tampa when Marty Jell and I actually scored with that goal going off his skate. You know it crossed the line. Carey Fraser with a bottle of gel in his head. He didn't see it, but doesn't matter. 2004 they haven't won a playoff series like it's 2020 man like this like that's an incredible streak how is this happening man it must be an absolute disaster to play in toronto i feel bad for these guys man they're just getting berated online probably makes me sad i hope that there's some big change here maybe we can get dubis a pair of contact lenses I'm so sick of hearing about this Dubas guy, this guy, this hockey man, this guy. This guy's going to be the guy. He's going, bring, he's going to bring this team back. He's got this guy up there. Is he, though? What's he up to? It just makes me laugh. Like I don't know if this team's makeup has what it takes to play tough-style hockey that's going to win you playoff series and make you successful in the playoff season. These guys are going to be point-per-game players every year. They're going to get their 40-50-goal seasons, these guys. But are you winning anything? Are you are you accomplishing anything on the ice with these records? You got all this money going to these guys. What is that? We have 11 mil, so we got 22 mil, 31 mil. We got 40 mil, over 40 mil in four dudes: in Nylander, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, Austin Matthews. We have over 40 million dollars of 95 million invested in these guys, and you don't even get a goal in an elimination game. I was i was flapping my cap though when they did that when they got that comeback in the columbus game when they were down by three tied it up went into overtime austin matthews the guy just nails her home that was pretty sweet but that doesn't matter like that shit doesn't matter that was the first round of the covid cup five game series and they're out they're done they're golfing makes me sick i don't even want to talk about anymore but this playoff thing it's been really fun it's hard to watch games though. Like I the flames are up two uh, two one, I think, against Dallas. And uh, I haven't watched a single shift of that game yet. You know, they're coming on at three o'clock, and it's tough to make to make it work and you know, make sure you can see all these games. I don't know if no one's probably working though, because it's all COVID nineteen, but so you should be watching. One thing I will say is absolute horseshit. Last thing I'm gonna talk about hockey is I bought the NHL live package this year. I don't know how much it was. I think it was like two hundred dollars. And I go on to log onto my laptop to catch a playoff game the other day and it it won't work. won't log in. They want me to buy $75 more to fucking watch the rest of the season that I already fucking paid to watch? In what fucking planet? I ain't doing that. Might just stream it online now. Lost a sale, NHL. I'm a devoted viewer. Let me watch some hockey for crying out loud. And what is the NHL live... I lived in Ontario. I had it for two years and they're still blacking out Leafs games. I spent $200 to watch every second of hockey I want. And you're going to black out a Leaf game. No, you're not. And I know you're listening. So change it. Anyways, like I said, I'm in Calgary, beautiful city, the city in which I was raised. There is a magic to your hometown and um, you can feel it immediately when you return. I love Calgary so much. Beautiful city. I've been uh, really getting on the bike here. Brother-in-law's got a great road bike. I've been absolutely getting the pedals spinning on the bike path, keeping my distance, though. And you know what I really got into, though, was those the lime scooters that are in Calgary, those scooters, electric scooters you rent and buzz around. I think we should just get rid of cars. I think we could all do a lot better with a little more scootering in our life. I, I'm obsessed with them. Every day this week, I've been on one buzzing around. You know, you go to bars here. You can check it out. It's unreal. They're very dangerous though. I can see why some people could get it, uh, into some hot water. And um, I really hope that people don't ruin the fun for everyone and drive these off bridges and possibly die because they're gonna get shut down. I can't imagine they won't. Can't believe you don't have to wear a fucking helmet. You got these people flying down freeways with no bucket on, these kids can't even balance a bike. They're not, they shouldn't be up there on the scooter. It's crazy, but Calgary's a beautiful city doesn't get any recognition i don't believe as it should what a stunning architecture they've done a great job with the bow river waterfront you want to take uh, notes from a city who develops their waterfront i think uh i think calgary's doing a beautiful job like that they've made it so accessible so many pathways it's just it's a great spot to be and especially with all this covid madness you know you don't want to be out in restaurants and doing all that stuff you can still get out there enjoy the day feel like you're going somewhere in calgary you can buzz around Beautiful junction there where the Elbow River and the Bow River meet. Basically, the only reason this town was probably ever derived here, folks, was that little intersection that built all this promise. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Folks, I think that, you know what, we're a couple minutes in, and uh, I I know I'm looking forward to it. I'm getting a little antsy. I want to hear what Jonah has to tell me, and I want to make some fucking cash. I want to make hot money. If you're a listener of this show, congratulations. I'm about to download knowledge into your stupid head, and you're going to make more money than you've ever had. And sadly for a lot of you, money's all you'll ever have. You don't have any interests. You don't have a lot of friends. And the ones you do, they don't like you, man. They they don't even really value you and what you bring to scenarios. So what you should do is listen to this next little clip, this little interview, keep all that shit up top and use it to make some money because that's what's gonna make people like you, not who you are as a person, all right? Throwing it over, three, two, one, interview time. So happy to have my first guest on the project. Expect more, folks. This isn't just some dumb idiot up there yapping, blapping his mouth. This is informative, educational, and content you're just not gonna find anywhere else, folks. You're not gonna. Keep looking, I dare you, you won't find it. Yeah, throwing it over. Here we go, baby, interview time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the project. Back with a new segment for you all: Market Watch on the project. You're not going to find information like this anywhere else on the air. Uh, track down an analyst who is very hard to find. Uh, my brother-in-law, Jonah Nguyen. Jonah, welcome to the show. Welcome to the first ever Market Watch. Hey, thanks, Harry. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. So, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you got yourself involved in the industry here, and uh, what do, what have you been doing? Sure, man. Uh, so I'm. Uh, CPA by background,
1: work here in Calgary in a corporate finance role at a public oil and gas company um, that's traded on the TSX. Um, You know, just under eight years experience, started at a big four accounting firm, uh, traditional sort of audit route, and then worked in the M&A practice for a little bit. Um, So, you know, a little bit of financial background, financial experience, definitely uh, no Warren Buffett here, not uh, (laughs) making millions in the stock market every day, but, uh, you know, you and I have been Texting recently about uh, the stock market, I know you're starting to get a little bit of an interest, so happy to kind of hop on the pod here
0: and uh, chat through it a little bit. Yeah, this is perfect too. Um, I'd also like to just give Jonah a huge shout out for doing this. This was pretty last minute. Um, I'm here in Calgary, like I mentioned, uh, visiting, so we had the opportunity to do this. I was inquiring to Jonah for some information about markets and this and that, and we thought this would be a perfect opportunity to come on, talk a little bit, because... I certainly don't know what the hell I'm talking about, and I feel like as a guy that went to a business school and did five years of school, should know a little more. So, this would be a great opportunity to get the ball rolling, folks. Join me on this—I don't know—path of learning, journey. Yeah. So, what's we? What are we going to talk about today? We're we're so, setting the ground rules here. So
1: I think you know what we've been texting about. You were kind of asking me about investing in companies specifically, so mm-hmm. buying stock in publicly traded companies, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously just one way of investing your money, but um, why don't we focus on that and what, and just talk about yeah. the things I look for and looking at a business as a whole. You know, obviously, experience as an auditor and uh, yeah. working in, in different businesses, you kind of get used to analyzing companies and you know uh, diving into the details a little bit, which I think for any investor is probably a, a good practice to get down. So yeah. maybe we start there. I don't Perfect.
0: Know. So we're gonna go bare bones approach to investing in a company: what you should look for and uh, what you need to look for so i like to think that for myself i'm starting at ground zero here so if you don't know what the hell's going on here you're not alone so yeah for sure i think yeah. that's how we'll we'll kind of kick it off yeah we'll start slow here and um, okay. hopefully this is a recurring segment and we'll have jordan <laughs> yeah. back and we'll do a couple more but let's uh let's start here what are we, what are we looking at what yeah. are we doing
1: so for sure i think i think i was maybe chat about this is let's think of a fictional business okay um, that you and i are looking at investing in all right um something super simple like let's Let's say a hot dog stand. Hot dog stand, okay. Yeah. And uh, hot dog stand is called Harry's Hogs. Harry's Hogs, that's a good name, right? Yeah. And they're traded on the TSX under the ticker HOG. H O G. Okay. Okay. So Perfect. let's just set let's set it up that way. So first thing I think people should sort of ask is, you know, do I understand their business? Like, do I do I get what they sell to people? Who are their customers? What yeah. market are they in? Obviously, hot dog stand, pretty easy, yeah. right? They're, yeah. just, they're posted up somewhere. Uh, they, they sell hot dogs to guys coming up off the street yeah. who once a lunch. Pretty yeah. simple. Okay, I understand what they do. They probably buy, you know, some meat from a supplier, uh, you know, buns from a supplier, condiments. These are the key inputs into the business. Okay, do I have a good understanding of, you know, the inputs and outputs of the company? So, mm-hmm. you know, my personal preference is just my own personal view is if I don't understand what the company does right off the hop. Yeah. Probably not a good idea for me to invest in. So if I don't understand how, and I think tech companies sometimes are a really good example of this, like Facebook and Twitter, like to this day, some nobody's really explained to me how those companies make money. And in fact, when you look, they don't. So, (laughs) you know, I think the question one is: is it a simple enough business that I can understand what they do every day? Yeah. Um, So that's kind of question one, Um, and with that, I think. You know, understanding what kind of risks face that business. So what, what could, that's completely out of Harry's, you know, the CEO of Harry's Hogs. Yeah. What is out, completely out of that management team's control that could come along and sink this business and so just know what those risk factors are. Okay. So, you know, COVID has been a classic example of yeah. this. Like nobody saw the scale of COVID-19 ever coming, but you know, look at companies like Air Canada Yeah. And, you know, uh, tour, um, uh, what are they called? Uh, cruise ship tour mm-hmm. companies, stuff like that, mm-hmm. who have basically gone to zero overnight, mm-hmm. right? Nobody saw that coming. So yeah. what are those big risk factors that are facing the company that you don't know, that or that they can't control,
0: um, and just know what they are so that you have an understanding this, of what the risks are? This is just a random question, not yeah, to yeah. go on a sub-tangent here, but obvious risk for a hot dog stand would be rainy day, bad weather, people aren't coming, but totally, yeah. what would... What would be like a risk for like a big tech company? You'd think of like that maybe that you would be off the board. You wouldn't expect. I mean, yeah. T- so I
1: would say things like privacy. Yeah. Right. You see True. Facebook and a lot of hot yeah. water these days because of privacy issues. Um, tech is just a fickle industry. Yeah. You know what's the next thing that's gonna come out and kill? I Facebook, guess there's kill millions Instagram, of right. Threats. Like all oh, tons. Like yeah. so if you go into um, just to get kind of nerdy for a second, if you go look at any Canadian publicly traded company, like let's say. Uh, yeah, Canada Goose, right? Yeah, and I got my laptop here, so we go to Canada Goose. They have this document, and I've compiled this document for uh, you know the company I work for, and it's the most depressing thing ever because you have to sit there and legally you have to list out all of the risk factors facing the business. Okay. So this is a great thing for you know if you ever want to scare yourself out of investing in a company, go into a company's it's called an annual information form, yeah. AI, AIF is what they call it
0: annual information forum yeah
1: form form so aif so we're, getting, so we're they, getting we're getting into the weeds here but
0: are those all available for all publicly? yeah companies? so all publicly <clears throat> Canadian
1: for sure i know canadian uh, public companies um file these um, i'm trying to look here um So basically there's a section of that document called risk factors okay. and it's like a, the laundry list of, of everything management and the lawyers could think of mm-hmm. that face that business that could have a material adverse effect on the company. Okay, um, So that's something to look at, right? You, like, you don't need to sit there and cook up these risks mm-hmm. themselves. Companies usually have to that's do it them themselves. Um, so I like to, to kind of dive into those documents. Not a lot of people look at them. It's a, yeah. bit, of a, it's a bit of a deep dive maybe, yeah. but... Um, they're publicly available usually on the company's investor relations website um,
0: certainly didn't fucking know that yeah so can't <laughs> find
1: I can't find this Canada of goose the fly but you know you could, you could take a look at any any company um, on their filings and
0: you can okay stuff. So and that's obviously in cater to industries it's in every different Absolutely. company's yeah. got its own thing going 100%. on so okay
1: yeah definitely look into that right so you can ima- you can imagine in you know the first quarter of this year, all these companies are adding risks related to COVID nineteen. I guess because all of a sudden it's here, and you know they can't really ignore it anymore. Yeah. Or they you know they don't have the the sort of um, you know they have to add it now because it's obviously having a material impact on every company. Up yeah, in, in some way, or obviously. Ahead. Yeah. So um, yeah, so risk factors, understand the supply chain of the company. You know what do they buy? What do they sell? Who are their customers? What market do they serve? The basics. Okay. Um, and then I kind of want to do like a quick financial health check, right? So, so Harry's Hogs, what what do they own? What's what's on their balance sheet, right? They got a grill, yeah. Got a table. They got a tent. They got a, you know some little equipment here and there. What do they owe, right? Like is Harry running this thing yeah. on his on his uh, visa card? They got some super high interest debt tacking on. <laughs> um, you know, t- take a look at the financial shape of the company, right? Yeah. So look, look I, know, I think specifically look at the company's debt. Um, the liability side of the balance sheet very important to look at. Um, and how does that debt look relative to the amount of cash flow they generate? Okay. Which I think is something um, a lot of I, I've spent a lot of time on the company side articulating to investors, you know, why a certain company's debt to cash flow is attractive or not. So, you okay. um, know, a lot of guys will they don't just put that information out there. So you need to kind of go on to the balance sheet find it. Add up all the liabilities.
0: Oh, is that how you have to do that? Go
1: to a cash flow statement of the Fuck. company, look at the cash flow, yeah. And understand how big is the sort of how big is the, the pile of yeah. debt versus the the pile of cash they generate every quarter or every
0: month. For sure. I feel like this like step that you're going on right now is probably where a lot of people get confused and probably get lost. hundred <laughs> percent. There's like a thousand ways to calculate these yeah. things and like
1: nobody when you're looking at a specific company, you know, no Casual investor has a ton of time doing stuff. So, one thing I'd recommend is you know a lot of banks uh, publish things like equity research and stuff like that. So, there's guys who do this for a living, and then you can hopefully get some of this information through your bank or um, through a financial advisor or whatever. But um, you can, you know, these are kind of the fundamental type of financial health checks I would do as kind of part of step one. Absolutely, just kind of take a peek under the hood, so to speak. So yeah, that's kind of the gist of what, what I'd call what's called step one: understanding the basics, um, get into the financials a little bit, but just understanding what the company does, what kind of shape the company's in, what are the risks associated with the business, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, step two, and you know, this is kind of I'll I'll skim on this because it's a little technical, but it's looking at the valuation of the company. Okay. So, you know, you've asked me before: is this a good price to buy the stock? Right, yeah. or or is this a cheap? Is this cheap or is it expensive? Yeah. Um, obviously, we the, the one thing everybody can track with regards to public companies is the stock price. Yeah. Um, but that's not sort of the full picture in terms of what the value of the company is. So yeah. I think something that I learned, you know, earlier on in my career, which is super helpful, um, is just understanding the the uh, the concept of enterprise values or the full value of a company. Okay. So what, let's talk about that for a second. So the stock price is just what you and I could buy a share for mm-hmm. right and if you take all this all the shares that are outstanding in the market uh, and you times it by the stock price that's the market capitalization of the company so that's the value of all of the equity of the company okay. but what we talked about there's another side of the balance sheet mm-hmm. which is debt right okay. companies finance themselves two ways through equity or debt mm-hmm. so the the whole value of the pie and the way I like to think about it is like this house for example right so so Jess and I bought this house. We did it with a portion of our own funds and a portion of the and a huge portion of the bank's <laughs> yeah. funds, right? So there's a debt and an equity component okay. in the house. But the house is worth the sum of those two parts. Okay. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. So we put, let's say we put 20% down in the house, yeah. and let's say, that's not, I'll use a fake number, but let's say the house is $100,000, right? That was what we bought the house for. Mm-hmm. Jess and I put 20K in, so the equity value is 20, the, uh, debt value is 80. The total value of the enterprise or the house is 100. Okay. So a lot of people, a lot of investors, I think, you know, retail, normal guys, just buying and selling stock, look at the stock price, look at the, so they're looking at the equity value only when okay. they look at companies. Okay. And to me, that's not really a full complete picture, right? Because yeah. they could owe a bunch of money to debt holders who yeah. typically, if the, if the music stops and the company goes bankrupt, debt holders get paid first. Yeah. So it's, it's important to understand the, the full picture or enterprise value of the company and be able to calculate that and yeah. understand that. So how you do that is you do what the math I said before. So you take the share price times the number of shares that are outstanding in the market. That's your equity value or your market cap. Then you take all of the debt that's on the company's balance yeah. sheet. And again, this is getting a little nerdy. You take all the debt on the company's balance sheet and those two things combined mm-hmm. is the company's enterprise value or okay. full the so the f- total, value the of the total full house, right? So
0: that's step one, understand enterprise value I like how you broke that down like I knew it like obviously this that was just a nice painted picture I think for me hope so I hope yeah. I'm not getting too nerdy here
1: I'm not losing people no I like that okay
0: so first understand enterprise value right and so
1: then just like anything else understand if something's a good deal what do you do right you look at so let's say there's you know you've got your guitar sitting in the corner here so you're you're buying a guitar off Kijiji like understanding if something's a good deal you go look at what do you go you go look at other ads mm-hmm. right what are other guitars selling for What or have sold for? So you look at at comparable other investments. Mm-hmm. So what you could do in this case, if looking at um, Harry's Hogs, going back to our example, yeah. um, I would calculate, okay, Harry's Hogs has 20K of equity, 80K of debt, let's say again, right? So yeah. the total enterprise value of Harry's Hogs is $100,000, right? Yeah. And then I want to understand how does that stack up again to the cash flow that company generates? And again, this is getting a little getting yeah. technical here. So say Harry's Hogs generates $20,000 of cash flow every year. Mm-hmm. So that means it's worth, it's valued at five times okay. its cash flow. So you yeah. come up with a multiple. Yeah. And analysts do this stuff for every kind of business. They might use different kind of measures of what cash flow means for different companies. But they want... so understand what a company's tr- truly trading at, you need to understand this multiple concept. Okay.
0: So, I think because I was asking you this before, yeah, I guess yes. like on how shares are like how is that even just like like how, how, is that, how are they priced? Yes, like, how are they priced? So yeah. I think this is kind of getting to that question, yeah. right? So, Harry's Hogs, it's,
1: it's enterprise value is 100k. It generates 20k of cash flow. It's trading at five times cash flow. So let's just set set that for our company that we're looking at right now. Okay. So now the next thing I wanna know is if if that's a good deal or a bad deal is you could do two things. You can look at history, right? You can look at how the share price has moved in the past Mm -hmm. and that'll change that equity value component of the equation. And you can see if maybe it's trading at five times today, but before say COVID, yeah, it was trading at ten times.
0: So sorry, I, uh, the five times like that's yeah. an example. But like, what is that when you say that they're trading at five times share value? Yeah, that, so was? five times cash flow. So sorry, yeah. so because when we
1: calculated that enterprise value, that was yeah. at a point in time using a share price oh, okay. at a point in time, mm-hmm. right? So we did that calculation for Harry's Hogs today. Yeah, and it's hundred grand, right? Okay. Yeah, and it's it implies five times the amount of cash flow the company generates. Okay. Right. But what is that? What did that look like six months ago? Mm-hmm. Maybe the company was trading at ten times.
0: And how does that the stock change? price?
1: Because the stock price goes up and down, right? Okay. So to understand if a stock is cheap or expensive today, yeah. you need to understand what the multiple it's trading at today versus in the past. <clears throat> okay. And versus other similar investments. If yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then you can kind of make a decision as to whether or not a current stock price is a good deal or a bad deal. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I mean, you can look at a chart and say, "Oh, it's gone down, and maybe it'll go up again," but like. You don't know what the actual yeah. va- you know, relative value So the
0: churn time. is not just a point on like an access that has like explaining its like relationship to how this cash has been flowing through and out of the business kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good way to look at it. Okay.
1: So, I mean, that's, we're getting a little tricky here. So, let me know if you want to break that down again. <laughs>
0: okay, no, but I like this because we got to start
1: somewhere. Right, so, <laughs> you know, if you look at what why there's been a huge rush in investor, like investment going on, mm-hmm. and, heard, you know, obviously mm-hmm. that's probably what spurred your interest in uh, COVID and everything. Definitely. It's because multiples, because stock prices crashed, so stocks were, quote-unquote, cheap mm-hmm. relative to the cash flows these companies were expected to, to generate okay. in the future. So, like, companies like... You know the Canadian banks, right? Big five banks. Those stocks crashed. Yeah. So their multiples went down. Usually, usually those are very consistent, safe, mm-hmm. stable stocks. So they were kind of for sale at a, at a certain point in time, yeah. and the, the stocks have recovered overall, but um, slightly. But so that's the kind of thing I look at. Yeah. And I, and I think versus history is the first step, and then versus peers, right? So we're looking at Harry's Hogs trading at five times cash flow, but maybe maybe you know Jonah's Dogs. <laughs> very similar size business in the same sort of racket is trading at three times okay Okay, well that's cheaper so i'm I'm gonna go with that one right yeah so that that's the kind of thing you start to look at when you start looking at value and Mm -hmm. that's kind of like a a very simple view of of looking at like how how
0: things are priced and,
1: and comparing if they're a good deal or not okay does so that make sense?
0: It does, yeah. It's just yeah. like this is a barrage of information. Yeah, yeah I like I'm it. coming at you. I like it though. I need it. I might have to listen back to yeah, this yeah, so I yeah, take yeah. some notes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that yeah, that's kind of what I would look at in terms of valuation. And then I would just say, you can do all this work, make an investment decision, but at the end of the day, markets are completely irrational at times. Mm-hmm. And despite really good, strong fundamentals, a company's stock price may tank. Mm-hmm. Or despite really weak fundamentals, a stock price might Sore because of some other interest, right? We saw a bunch of stuff like that with, um, I think it was Hertz that was like basically going bankrupt. Yeah, a bunch of people, you know, rushed to invest in this company, um, and it. I don't think it was trading like a, it went up like a thousand percent a couple weeks ago or something. Are right. you still around? Is that the? I, I, you know, I am involved. in the story. rental so company? That's the yeah. car rental company. I thought so they were. Good. There's stuff like that, and there's stuff like Tesla, yeah. right? Who's been on an absolute tear. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you actually get under the hood and look at the fundamentals of the company relative to other automakers like are they really that much of a better investment but um so there's just things where there's a total disconnect right and i was looking at i was looking at just the s p 500 so that's basically the when you you know hear the the stock market as a whole went down x points like that's the that's the index that they're looking at which is basically like the whole market the the market as a whole right Mm -hmm. so i'm looking at it today and it's oh i guess it's saturday so it would have been close trade yesterday it's back up to just under thirty four hundred I think crashed. It's just it's trading at just under thirty four hundred. That's equivalent to what it was trading at February pre COVID. So that means that the, the top five hundred companies on the T S X or sorry, the S P, the the cumulative value or the index value is trading at what it was trading at in February. Like so it's back. It's back. No. Does that make the is the world back? No. Right, so does that make sense? No. <laughs> right, so there's just times where you can do all this research yeah. and
0: do all of your due diligence, and this is like classic, you know, the case for me. <laughs> so I yeah. didn't realize this until just recently, so they're always talking about the S&P 500, Yeah. And that's just a, a huge collection of, like, yeah. businesses. Yes, it's, it's basically the top. Um,
1: here, I'll read the description for you.
0: Because I always hear this going so on. S&P
1: 500 or- index. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this per Bloomberg security description. S&P 500, or, sorry. The S&P 500 is widely regarded as the best single gauge of large cap U.S. equities and served as the foundation for a wide range of investment products. The index includes 500 leading companies and captures approximately 80% coverage of available market capitalization. So it's sort of the barometer of how the yeah. market as a whole is performing. So when I look at the market as a whole today, I'll just, I'll, i have
0: it up now, so I'll show you this line chart.
1: Sorry for the listeners.
0: Can't oh, no worries. This is the thing on this show is we are getting this information live. as we're. Refer- so that's the, the line chart, right? Oh, so yeah. Right there is Feb. You can
1: see that COVID, COVID dip. COVID, absolute. A plummet, if you will. plummet. Mm-hmm. And then slowly crawling back. Literally right back up. Right. right. So if you look at this chart, you'd think the world is back to normal. But it's, they're probably not. Yeah, I think <laughs> you and I can say it's, it's probably not a whole, yeah. right?
0: So that's interesting. That's a wild chart too, by the way. <laughs> nice looking chart. <laughs> that's a fresh looking. That's a fresh looking, <laughs> that's chart. A fresh looking ticker. Yeah. I so like I mean, that. there's you know, cautionary tale. You don't know. You don't know. At it's a of, risk. Well, at
1: the end of the day, at, you know, what drives stock price isn't always the fundamentals. We'll that mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it could be a. There could be a scary headline in the news that that tanks things. Could mm-hmm. be. You know, Canada puts out bad job numbers one quarter. Yeah, and you know, a bunch of Canadian bank stocks go down, or you know, whatever. Like, there's things that are just completely out of manager's control, have nothing to do with the fundamentals of the company you're looking yeah. at, um, or have you know maybe little to do with the direct results of the company. Yeah, that could still impact the stock price. So, uh, you know,
0: there's lots of think. That's, the, X, that's yeah. the true X factor. Like, yeah, you can, you can do all this work
1: and research, and I think it's important for people to do that mm-hmm. uh, before buying anything like, yeah, you know, you don't buy, you, you got to put some, home, you got to do your homework. You know, I, I personally think a little elbow grease makes sense or you should just, you know, leave it to an advisor to do
0: it. Do, do you think that that's perfect that you just said that about the advisor thing? Cause I was just going to ask you like, it, I find this is such a, and am thank you again for coming on and talking about this because mm-hmm. it's such a topic that it seems like everyone fucking knows what they're talking about. Everyone talks like they're making money and they tell you what to do but like, it, does that, like, do a majority of the people even know what the fuck they're talking about? Just, I mean, like, there's, there's <laughs> a,
1: there is a huge sort of casino factor, right? Yeah. I read a good letter from the, this U.S. Investment Fund summarizing what we were just talking about, like how the s and back. Yeah. back. Um, and his quote or analogy was, during COVID, uh, the stock market's been the only casino open in town. Yeah. Right? That's <laughs> true. And that's, yeah, I think that's a perfect summary for what's going on in the market yeah. right now. There's a, a lot of speculation uh, and but it's kind of sad too because a lot of people, you know, that don't have a ton of experience in this stuff are yeah. getting involved into investments they don't understand. Yeah. You know, don't understand the risks. They just heard stocks are cheap, so they're yeah. piling in. Buy low, sell Buy high. Buy low, sell high. <laughs> what, you know what I mean? And, and like, there's nothing wrong with that, but it, there's risks there that. Yeah. You know, it makes me a little weary of of, Absolutely. And that's why when you you started texting me about this stuff, I'm like, well, we need to have like a real conversation. Yeah.
0: And I laughed because like I I was texting other friends and you know, you used to get like hilarious advice. Like, yeah, buy that, buy that one. That one looks good. Yeah. But I text Joan over here and I get an encyclopedia of notes back. Like he's asking me all the basically questions from this talk right here. And I was like, all right, uh, maybe I need to open my eyes a little bit here and not just throw a couple (laughs) grand up on the stock market. Um, another question I'll have for you and Mm -hmm. this is also your own opinion so whatever but yeah i was very i was interested in getting into stocks recently yeah and i was thinking about going to a bank getting a financial advisor or does one better off to take the time and go do it yourself on like a quest trade or something like that yeah i mean i
1: think a mix of both is probably wise right Mm -hmm. i think it, it totally depends on like invest what I should invest in or how I should invest. Kind of questions are very dependent on who you are, what stage of life. Yeah. You're in, you know, you're a young guy just starting your career, or whatever. You could you could afford to do a little more risky things and do a little bit more on your own and yeah. and lose. Yeah. Frankly, yeah, <laughs> and you'll still be okay in the grand scheme of life. But you know, you you're a little bit more of a mature of a person. You've got a mortgage. You got kids. You're close to retirement. Let's say like you you want an advisor involved probably. And if you're not in the financial profession, right, like. It, mm-hmm. it really depends on who you are and what stage of life you're in and what your goals are. So, um, But I think there's a lot of good um, platforms and products out there, like things like Simple, um, that are like pre-canned portfolio funds that you can just kind of, um, or, like, or exchange trade funds or ETFs which yeah. we haven't gotten into, but they're basically, you know, like that S&P 500, they're, they're a pool of different investment products and one that you just have to buy yeah. into. Okay. You don't need to do all the allocation of money yourself and buying yeah. different equities and different... Uh, you know, fixed income uh, investments, stuff like that. So, so
0: with those big portfolios like that, like, are you basically just hoping that, that like portfolio is diversified to the point that it just grows with like the market? Yeah. That's a way to look
1: at it. And, and there's different, a lot of them you'll notice whether it's even RBC or I think Questrate has some uh, portfolio products now. Uh, well, simple. is like a popular one with uh, young, young people. Um, I think young people are my, like mine. Uh, so, <laughs> Uh, they're basically pre-packaged, pre-diversified portfolios yeah. across a bunch of different products. So it's not even just equities and companies. They own like, you know, municipal bonds. So like, say the city of Calgary has a bunch of bonds outstanding. Yeah. Like you can buy some of those. And so it's 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 a bit of a mix. Yeah. And it'll be Canadian versus U.S. versus international. So yeah. you get like different geographic exposure. Um, so it does all the work for diversifying for you. Yeah. So that if any one event or risk factor that we were talking about impacts one investment, it's not hitting all of them, hopefully, Okay. Right? So that's the sort of the uh, concept of diversification. And then it's got, they'll usually have like, what I was trying to say is they, they have different risk levels. You know what I, I, yeah. You might've seen this, but if you go to like, well, simple and you want to buy, there's like four funds or three funds. It's like aggressive growth, which is obviously the higher risk fund. Yeah. And then there's they usually call a like, balanced or like conservative or whatever. And that's a little bit more on the conservative, okay. less equity, for example, more fixed income, kind of solid, Mm-hmm. Not gonna grow as much. The returns are gonna be a little bit more vanilla. But if you're like 55 or 60 or something, you're gonna retire in five years. You're like you're not risking it at all, yeah, point, right? So that's where the personal preference versus investment profile kind of comes into play, okay. and it just makes it super simple for guys to be like, I'm kind of in the middle here, or whatever, yeah. yeah. And you kind of move on, and you just throw your money into it, and you don't have to do all the um, shit that I was just talking that kind about. of sounds. <laughs> I can see why that's attractive. So it's attractive for people, yeah. and even like for myself, like. I do this stuff all day for work. I don't necessarily want to do it on the side all the time. Yeah, so yeah. I wouldn't say I'm doing day trading and doing the analysis and co- because it's that's a full time gig. It's right? a lot to look at. It's a lot to look yeah. at. But if you're looking at buying a single security stock in a single company because you, somebody told you about it and, and you're interested or you like the idea of the company, like these are just the basics to understand. I guess.
0: Oh, well, I like that, and I think that uh, we'll hopefully be able to bring you on and. We'll just slowly just start chipping away at the yeah. market. We're gonna talk but we're gonna figure it out it all. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna break it down. We're gonna like... break it down. We're all gonna be millionaires. Invest in the project. No, that was awesome. Jonah, thank you so much. And that was already twenty seven minutes right there just of the interview, man. Unreal. I thought it was going to be like eight minutes, dude. Yeah, well, we got onto a little bit of a tangent there. And yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? No, that's it, man. Thanks for great. having me, man. No, thank you, Jonah, for having us. This is awesome. Um, Jonah also, a courteous host, as he's <laughs> lent me his nursery to stay while I'm here in Calgary. So, great to see him in the flesh, and hopefully we'll have him maybe as some sort of a call-in market analyst. Uh, we might try to do this, um, if, if we can't do it weekly, we'll definitely want to make it happen on a regular occurrence. So thanks again, Jonah. That was awesome, folks. Your first market watch here on the project. Not just making your ears bleed. You're getting a lot smarter. And some of you are dumb. So pay attention, okay? (laughs) Thanks again, Jonah. Market watch version one. Market watch episode one. Let's go, baby. Episode five, market watch one. (laughs) Oh my God, am I already smarter? I'm so wise now. That was good. That's some of that content, people, that's just going to keep coming. That was really fun. That was really good. Thank you to him for coming on. Uh, we'll have him in person this week, obviously, but um, next couple we do, we might have to phone in. We're going to definitely get Jonah back on the horn a little bit here. He's a very smart man, and uh, he's got something that uh, I know that people are definitely interested in this financial business stuff. So I thought we'd, you know, we'd hash a little bit of it out there and, you know, start, you know, start cu- talking about some topics here, some uncomfortable things so we can develop and get better. Gosh, I got in a really interesting conversation the other day and, uh, with my girlfriend, my uh, beautiful girlfriend, Christina, shout out to Christina. She's really upset. I haven't given her a shout out in the pod yet. So here you are, here you go. Um, we, uh, we got in an argument because I, I was telling her my, the Dodge Dakota, which is going to get a lot of airtime on this program, on this program. Uh, I never had a flat while driving it and I've driven it for a while so she argued with me and was telling me that I had and no, I didn't get a flat. I had a flat which there's a difference. I woke up, I came out and my truck had a flat tire once. It There was a flat tire. Did I get a flat tire? No, my truck had a flat tire and if you don't know the difference, you don't understand because you're an idiot. I didn't drive down the road and get a flat tire due to my travels, my, my route, uh, maybe poor conditions, whatever. I had a flat tire. It just, ha- I had one, it happened. I woke up, I went out and I saw that it was flat. I had one, I didn't get one. And there's a big difference. And again, the Dodge Dakota folks, I wish if that thing could talk, I gotta start doing some, I'll do a Dodge Dakota series where I will strictly bring my microphone into my truck. I'll put it on the dashboard and I will drive across this country providing individual journalistic knowledge that's truly going to be inspiring. It's going to be profound and it's going to put Canada on the map. Canada's Canada's up there folks. We're we're rising. We're coming back stronger after this pandemic. We're going to be we're going to rise to the top. We're going to create stuff like podcasts like this one for our culture. We're going to create art. We're going to create opportunity. It's going to be fucking amazing. I wish you could see me right now. My hands are above my head as I say this because I believe what I say and when I say it. That's the truth. I'm going to Canmore, Alberta tonight. It's Saturday, August 15th, as I am talking to you. I'm about to break off, go for a round at a course I can't afford and uh, probably can't even hit the fairway on. But it's going to be a really good time. Love the mountains. Great to get up there in those mountainous ranges and just really come alive. I went into a little grassy lake hike the other day. Things pretty fun. Place was absolutely buzzing. Probably a COVID cesspool up there on that on that hill, and that's fine. That's fine. Remember, folks, stay sanitized, stay clean, stay safe. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We had a good one. I've been keeping the episodes, trying to keep them under 40 minutes, 30 to 40 minutes, because I thought, who the fuck am I to think that anyone's going to come out and actually listen to what I have to say for any longer than that. So I wanted to prove myself to you, the viewer, that I have what it takes to carry a conversation. So maybe we'll get a little more length to these episodes. Um, We'll get a little more, you know, a couple more topics fit in, squeezed in per episode. That could be fun. I'm really looking forward to see the reception of this week's episode due to it being available on Spotify. I had a lot of people contact me and say they weren't Apple people because Apple is a cult. Apple is a cult and they don't, they don't, they don't support cults. And sadly I do. I'm a huge cult supporter with all my Apple products, but there's no excuse now. Um, I don't think SoundCloud still a thing because everyone that uses it dies. So I don't want to put it up on that. I don't think I will, but um, if there's other platforms you want it on, we'll get it up there. But we have the big two right now, Spotify and Apple. Um, there wasn't as big of a there wasn't as much news about it. You know, Joe Rogan brings his show from YouTube over to the project and, and I don't know. I mean sorry, over to YouTube from, to Spotify or whatever the fuck he did. And the project's going on Spotify. I haven't seen as many articles talking about that, but um, you know now, so I think there's no excuse. So I hope to hear from you. Um, give me some feedback folks, throw me a rating, throw me a little like, like this shit doesn't get off the ground very easily. You know how hard it is to make a show, get it, get it going here. I need some viewership. I need some people listening folks. Thank you so much. This is so fun. It's such a joyous occasion to be able to get on this microphone and tell you my sweet nothings. Um, really hope you're enjoying it. Uh, give me some feedback. If you think I'm a loser, tell me, cause that's always fun to hear. All right. Uh, Saturday, August 15th. This will be out tomorrow night on August 16th, 2020. And um, I can't wait to hear from you all. Um, I had a little bit of a lull with my, I have an iPhone 5, folks, and I keep dropping it and I can't use the left side of my screen. Can't use it. It's not part of the phone anymore. It's just not an option for me. So I have to be a little intuitive with how I'm going to share this shit on social media, I guess. This might be an absolute nightmare. All right? But folks, the nightmare rolls on episode five of the project. We fucking did it. Hear that? Girls are upstairs sleeping. I'm in the kitchen. Hear that, girls? Episode five, we fucking did it. We're going to Aruba. We're going to get famous from the pod. Aruba, jet skis. We're renting jet skis down in Aruba. All right, ladies. Episode five. I'm fucking pumped up. Here we go. Thanks for listening, folks. Bye. Again, quick disclaimer. This is not a political, financial, or economic podcast. Thank you. Good day and goodbye.